You're listening to Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Welcome back to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Khan, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing, and the brand identity theorist. And today on our Spotlight segment, we are joined by Vinay Shahane, who's the Vice President of Marketing at Lexus, the luxury car. Vinay, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Barbara. Thank you. The pleasure is mine. It's great to be here with you and Americus. So Lexus, that's a, a very well-known brand. Ooh, and- what a brand. Can I just say, sorry, can I just say, Vinay, thank you very much for your work. Um, and, and, you know, the holidays come around and we always think about road trips and we think about being in the ride and the vehicle and, and all of those things that are memories. So I want to say that I really appreciate your work and the fact that, you know, you've done such excellent, uh, excellent work elevating the Lexus brand, which you're going to tell us all about in the next 25 minutes. But I just wanted to give you props, sir. And I appreciate you. Yeah, Well, let me thank him, too, because I own a Lexus and I love it. Right. <laughs> so exactly. I intend to be in that Lexus this morning. <laughs> exactly. But it's a very cool brand. It's a very um, it's it's it was an exper- experiential brand before there were such things as experiential brands. I remember I went to Japan um, many many years ago, and I went to a Lexus dealer in Japan in Tokyo, and the experience I had there was head and shoulders above the experience here. I mean, I know it's it's been elevated here too, but uh, do you are you familiar? I don't know what your background is when you got to Lexus, but do you do you follow? like the history of Lexus. Well, why don't you tell us first, when did you get to Lexus? And then you can tell us. Yes. Tell yeah, us your story. First, first, first and foremost, uh, thank you for, for the opportunity. Um, I, I am, I'm living the dream right now because uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll answer your question by rewinding the tape a little bit and give you a little bit about my background. Excellent. Uh, so I was born and raised in the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. Um, oh, my, my father, yeah. my father, he, he worked his entire career as a product design and development engineer uh, at one of the domestic three. Uh, And I kind of was very early, had a lot of early influence from my dad in his career. I I just loved cars. He took me to the Detroit Auto Show when I was four years old. And uh, I'm 47 now, and I've counted. I've been to 40 Detroit Auto Shows in my career. Wow. Wow. Um, but I fell in love with the industry uh, at an early age. I, I knew I wanted to be uh, involved in the industry. Went to college at Michigan, got an engineering degree with the hopes of getting in as an as a engineer myself. Uh, and I worked for a few years as an engineer while I was in college, uh, ended up deciding to make a little bit of a pivot and went into consulting for a few years after college. And I realized I just didn't love it as much as I loved the, the car business. Um, so I used going back to school uh, to get my MBA as the pivot to figuring out my way to get back in the auto industry. Uh, and it was a, it was a class, uh, a brand management class, believe it or not, at Stanford uh, that really kind of ignited my passion for who was your professor? Uh-oh. Jennifer Crocker. Ah, yes. Yes. Yeah, of course yes. you do. So one of, one of the projects I worked on was, because uh, I started interviewing with Nissan while I was in that class, and I did a brand audit for Nissan and, and really tried to take a look at their brand positioning. It was around the time frame that they had just 
uh, kind of pulled off one of the largest turnarounds uh, in the history of the automotive industry. And uh, I ended up going to work there after business school. Um, and, you know, for me, it's been just a love affair for, for the car business and, and building that emotional connection between uh, the product, the brand and the consumer is, is really what I love most. Um, and now, for me, I'm not like, mistaken, N- Nissan's a competitor to Lexus, right? <laughs> it, it is. It is. So, so the path was, I went to Nissan. I worked there for almost 10 years. Um, my last job there was uh, director of marketing for the U S and uh, I was doing really well there. And I ended up getting an op- offer to go be the CMO at Volkswagen of America Mm. Um, another cool brand. And, um, I went Mm, over to there and worked there for a few years, went through Mm. the whole diesel, uh, crisis. If you remember Mm -hmm. that back in 2014, Mm -hmm. um, lost a few hairs, got a few gray hairs during that uh, experience, (laughs) but I learned a ton. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the opportunity came at Toyota four and a half years ago to, uh, join the, the, largest retail brand in the United States in the auto industry and be the uh, head of marketing operations, which included like media and digital and experiential marketing, motorsports, like overseeing the NASCAR program. Um, and that was my foot in the door at, at Toyota. And it wasn't until January of this year is when hmm. the opportunity became uh, available to me to move over and be the head of marketing uh, for Lexus. And so that was a long-winded answer to your question, but I thought maybe the background and the Absolutely. kind of- Oh, yeah. Uh, so evolution. you know cars. And so yes. let me re-ask my question then, because when I was in Tokyo, this was a long time ago, the Lexus experience there was like a white glove affair. I mean, it was very, very high-end. And it was very much an experience in a way that we are now very comfortable using that term. But I think in some sense that Lexus invented that. Um, and, and they invented it in Japan and, you know, I think they brought it over, but not quite as much to the U S can you comment on that notion? Yes. So it actually is, is a little bit of the opposite in the sense that the Lexus brand was launched 33 years ago, almost 33 years ago here in the U S first. Um, and, and there's a lot of different reasons for that, um, which we can go into later, but, you know, the tagline for the brand is experience amazing. And, and I think what you experienced when you saw and felt the Lexus difference is, is exactly what we espouse here. And there's a Japanese word that I think is really foundational to that experience amazing. And that word is omotenashi. And Mm -hmm. the direct translation of that is anticipatory hospitality. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we like to treat our guests like they're coming into our home and our dealers do a phenomenal job of making sure that they try to anticipate the needs of the consumer uh, in a way that's really kind of differentiating the Lexus experience from other uh, luxury brands. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to answer your question, Barbara, um, that's something that we take to heart in anything that we do, whether it's experientially from a marketing perspective or just dropping your car off for service at a dealership. Uh, it's something that we've tried to internalize as a company mm-hmm. and really bring that to life for our guests. So we're in a fun time of year. This is our holiday show. And so what we really want to do is talk about 
how brands are coming out of the pandemic. We're hoping mm-hmm. we're coming out of the pandemic. Right. And the numbers are supposed to be good for the holiday season this year. I don't know. That was before Omicron, but I think they're still trending up. Tell us a little bit about how you've done during the pandemic and how you're planning to celebrate the holidays. Yes. Yeah, I think um, you, you've probably heard this from a lot of uh, leaders in, in the brand space. Um, I, I think the the pandemic has been a constant test of our ability to be nimble and, mm. and look at changing circumstances and obviously try not to be tone deaf and be very aware and empathetic to uh, the struggles that families and, and consumers have been having relative to, uh, you know, an unprecedented global pandemic that, that has hit us in ways that no one ever thought was imaginable. Um, I think first and foremost, looking at it back in, I think it was the second week of March of 2020. Mm-hmm. That's when the proverbial wheels fell off here <laughs> in our business. I mean, we were literally having up until that point, a record year in terms of mm. demand and sales. Wow. Uh, and then it, all of a sudden, everything just fell off a cliff. Shopping fell off a cliff. Our website visits fell off the cliff. And then as you you know go down the funnel, uh, the business mm-hmm. just fell off mm. and no one really knew what to expect. Um, I think the first pivot that we realized was, you know, uh, the pandemic was not just one single pandemic that was happening in one part of the country, but it was a collection of pandemics that were happening at, in different ways. Um, you know, you saw the Pacific Northwest that got hit hard very initially. Mm. Um, and then you saw different parts of the country sort of accelerate in terms of COVID cases. Um, it became really clear to us that the typical advertising that was being run at the time had to stop, right? I mean, that just made no sense. You, you don't want to be tone yeah. deaf in a situation like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. In that, right. that, I'd like to put that year behind me. That was 2020, though. So. Yeah. So, so, like, so it accelerated. Let's, let's, let's um, fast forward a little to 2021, because I think the car industry has done OK, hasn't it, in the pandemic? Because a lot of people weren't flying, but they were driving. Is that not true? Yeah, you said something earlier. Um, I think America said it. And, you know, I'll use the example of America's love affair with the road trip um, was reignited by the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and and I'll, I'll give you one example. We saw an opportunity to, uh, you know, as a luxury brand, we have partners in uh, luxury hotels. Mm. Uh, so we have 14 uh, partner hotels around the country. And we thought about this and we said, what if we were to offer a luxury road trip uh, between some of these properties? So we partnered with a company called Mind Body Green. And we uh, call the program Retreats in Motion, <laughs> Lexus Retreats in Motion. And basically what, what we've done is we've taken some of the new products that we're launching, the Lexus IS as an example, mm-hmm. which was uh, earlier this year. And we gave the vehicles to these hotels. We curated oh. a, a, a road trip between some of these beautiful properties. Uh, we wow. outfitted these vehicles with a couple of yoga mats, a curated list of wait, podcasts. Wait, wait. You put a yoga mat in the, what, what does that mean? Where, where well, so, have- so we've, we've plotted <laughs> these drives where consumers can really escape the pandemic and, and be uh, with nature and, uh, you know, focus on uh, self-health and, yes. and really focus on the things that people want to do, which is get away and feel safe while they're doing it. And 
there's podcasts, there's uh, certain, um, you know, yoga videos and things that we've, we've curated for people that are inclined to take this type of trip. And it was, it was, it was kind of like this, um, you know, everybody knows what a road trip is, but this was a road trip that was really nice, really luxurious. You got a picnic Mm -hmm. basket with it. You have a beautiful property that you can visit. And I think that was one of the innovations that was accelerated by virtue of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I think is a really big thing that the pandemic pushed us to do, and I don't think it would have, it would have been adopted as quickly was uh, this notion of buying a car online Mm. and and our dealers, I got to give them credit they got onto this really fast. They realized that people were reticent to come into the dealership for all the right reasons. And they came up with ways to help facilitate the deal without having to come into the vehicle. And we saw that as an opportunity to say, excuse me, I, I meant coming to the dealership. Right. Uh, so, so we saw that as an opportunity to work with some of our tech providers to really integrate with some of their systems in ways that we've never done before. So that process of buying a car can be seamless and you can buy the vehicle, I, you know, ideally from your couch if you want to. Uh, so we call that program monogram. Um, we're in. Oh, wait, wait, I need you to un- unbuttle this a little because this is actually a pretty complicated thing as I understand it. So in the past, before the pandemic, I'm curious how this all got changed. As I understand it, the dealers had quite a bit of power and they were somewhat resistant to buying cars online and doing things like that. And if, for example, when I did buy my new car, I had to go into the dealership that was before the pandemic and with a physical check. I mean, I couldn't even use, you know, so, and, and it was very difficult that there was a lot of, it, that the car industry was actually not being disrupted as quickly as others because of some of the political power the dealers had. Now, what you're telling me, if I'm understanding this right, is when the pandemic came, seeing the handwriting on the wall and the fact that if they didn't get up to speed with digital marketing, they were going to be behind the time. The dealers started accelerating. On Is that what you're saying? Am I, do I have this right? Yeah, I think you've, you've captured the gist of it. The, the only nuanced uh, elements I would, I would change is, you know, certainly the dealers were going out and doing it on their own. Um, and, and we said, look, we're capable of developing the software internally because we think this is something that we shouldn't rely on third parties to do. Mm-hmm. And what we, the value add that the factory, the OEM or the brand has provided is the ability to put a significant number of IT resources and software mm-hmm. resources towards taking the systems that the dealer has in their dealership, namely their website, their CRM systems, their uh, data data systems that they have, their dealer management systems, and integrating them to our website so that it's a much more seamless transition between That's the customer going to happen. our website yep. and then that transition to the dealership. That's uh, and that's what we've been focusing our efforts on. And, you know, as of right now, we're in 14 of our 240 stores with our solution that wow. we've developed by the first uh, part of the year will be in roughly 10% of the dealership. And that's going to ramp up. Uh, and really the limiting factor there, just so you understand, Barbara, is we have a network of 240 or so dealerships. Each of them has a unique combination of website provider plus CRM system right. plus EMS system. So what we had to do was we had to look at the footprint and say, okay, how can we focus our resources so we get the biggest footprint possible so that we can 
try to have that adoption curve move a little bit faster. Yeah, and that's that's been the the tricky that's thing. But really I got to tell you, I'm really proud of the progress we've made. Um, you see great. the customer satisfaction numbers for the deals that go through that system are higher. Mm-hmm. The dealer gross gross profit for the the consumers that go through that channel tends to be higher because it's a much more transparent no, system. No, that makes total sense. Let, let me introdu- reintroduce you. I'm Barbara Kahn, along with America's Read, This is Marketing Matters. And today we're joined by Vinay Shahani, who's the Vice President of Marketing at Lexus. And he's been telling us about the g- digital transformation of the car buying process Super during the pandemic. Yep. Um, a lot of this was met with some resistance before the pandemic, but everybody saw the handwriting on, on the wall. And he's explained to us that Lexus worked with their dealers and used their sophistication to accelerate the online car buying experience, which we all thank you for. Right, right. Way, way better way to do it. But let's shift gears a little bit because this is our holiday show. And let's tell us a little bit about some of the exciting marketing that you're doing for the holiday to to, to get into the spirit of buying a car or, or even just enjoying your car during the holiday season. Yeah, well, that's a that's a great question, Barbara. And I, I think, you know, this is one of those areas where Lexus has had really sort of a, a strong history of celebrating the holiday season. Um, you know, the, the words December to remember uh, are revered within this building. It's a, it's a campaign that we've run for over two decades. Uh, and it's it's an opportunity for us to celebrate the holidays and you know, kind of reflect the hopes and dreams of our audience and, and really connect in a very emotional way. Uh, you know, these, this notion of bows, uh, red bows on the vehicle was something that Lexus uh, kind of pioneered with many years ago. Oh, really? They're the ones who started that idea? Yeah. And, and you think about it, I don't know if you saw this, but it, w- it was kind of funny. Last December, Saturday Night Live did a parody mm-hmm. on yes, yes. December to Remember. And, <laughs> and I mean, it was it was pretty funny. Yes. Um, but I was also pleased because Absolutely. You know, when, when Saturday Night Live Absolutely. recognizes an iconic campaign from a brand, it's kind of like, OK, I think maybe yes. we've uh, we've made it a little bit. So, yeah, you, you are was, definitely relevant at that point. If SNL thinks it's 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 an interesting and compelling uh, creative component to give to their audience. 100% correct in it. That, that's right. So it was, it was kind of fun, but look, it, the December to remember, you know, our sales events tend to be uh, a pretty powerful uniter. And what I mean by that is not only from a cultural perspective, looking at Americans and how we love to celebrate the holidays. It's a time when families come together and we want to, we want to tap into that excitement but at the same time, it's, it's duality is that there's a uniting force between us and our dealers. You know, mm-hmm. our dealers, as you know, are independent uh, business women and businessmen. Yep. Um, and they're kind of pillars in their own communities. So every year, the challenge for us is how do we ideate and come up with something that allows us to tap into that emotion that's happening during the season, but also connect with our dealers that's and right. allow them to be, uh, you know, doing great things within their respective communities. And uh, that's where, you know, December to remember, like some of our other sales events that we do throughout the year, tend to be important events that, you know, sales consultants at a dealership will, you know, take their vacations around. They want to be there for those events because they tend to drive a lot of interest in the brand. Um, 
Now, well, that the, was what I was going to ask you. Is is there a lot of seasonality in car buying? Are, do most people buy the cars at, at the holiday time? Is that? Yeah, December is a big month for huge. us from a seasonality okay. perspective. So, you know, you may have heard the term SAR, the seasonally adjusted annual rate. Uh, you know, we look back historically and we can tell you, you know, what the curve looks like for the year. But December is historically a very, very strong month for us. Uh, you know, the government is, is part of that because there are certain tax advantages that come in for certain businesses to buy specific types of vehicles. So there's all sorts of reasons for that. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, the big the big challenge for us just to address the elephant in the room is, you know, COVID has has wreaked havoc on our supply chain. Mm. And looking yeah. specifically at things like semiconductors mm. and wiring harnesses, Got it. Um, you know, we're at uh, an all time low in terms of production capability right now in inventories uh, mm. situation. So we had to adjust as a result, um, because the first thing that, you know, we, we had to look at was with availability being down so much from a product perspective, you're not mm -hmm. going to have the typical offers that you would have where okay. you would see, uh, you know, a super, super competitive lease price point that we would advertise. That's just not going to happen just because of the, the, um, the inventory situation. So we had to adjust and, you know, the offers maybe aren't as, as prevalent as they were in a, in a prior campaign. Mm -hmm. More of the focus is on the emotion. It's on the idea of That's super interesting. on this, on this, this holiday emotion, you know, we have two yeah. spots that are running right now. You may have seen them. One of them is called Runway. It's about the joy of a child who tries to help Santa find the right house uh, during uh, by turning her driveway into a kind of a, a, a landing strip for for the uh, for the reindeer. That's beautiful. Which is pretty That's cool. Awesome. We, we yep. love the way it turned out. The second one uh, is called Wonderland. Uh, and that focuses on a, a kind of a teenager who enlists his friends to collect decorations to uh, transform the town square. So, yep. mm -hmm. you know, a lot of things that we see happening around the country, people coming together and, um, you know, look, at Lexus, the ins our inspiration comes from our guests. You know, it's how we engineer our vehicles and really try to be uh, leaders in the industry there. But I think the inspiration for the holiday season is is equally important for us. And that's why we'd love to work on this. Well, campaign. You know, what's interesting in America and I have talked about this on the show recently, the supply chain issues, which we decided should be a meme, um, affects everybody's business. And to your point, it changes consumer expectations. So I yep. think I mean, a, a car is one thing and it's curious to see. I'm interested to see if it does carry through in this way, but it sounds like it does. But a lot of our other retailers and brands have been saying they don't need to be quite as promotional because consumers are coming in and they're just crossing their fingers and hoping that the inventory is going to be there. Yeah. So they're more, they understand. They're more concerned about getting the product than yep. necessarily quibbling about the price, which yep. makes them a little bit less promotion sensitive. And it sounds like that's what you're saying is because of these supply chain issues, you really can't give these kind of promotional deals that may have been available in the past. And yep. you're really leaning into the emotional value of the brand now. Is but that the, but and, the, and, the, and just to build on Barbara's question, Nate, and, and that's the good news because the emotionality serves even an even more amplified uh, aspect, right? Because expectations may be lower now. So now we open, now we over deliver on these other things that might, plug into the decision calculus around particular types of more deeper loyalty to the brand. What are your thoughts on that, Vinay? Yeah, I, I think you're both right. I, I mean, certainly, I think consumers have, have realized that it's a different marketplace. Their expectations of walking into a dealership and walking out with a car are really 
not realistic in the current environment. Uh, I think that, you know, the dealers have adapted in a way that I think has sort of changed the mindset in the sense that now you're selling off of inbound inventory versus used to be selling from an actual vehicle that you could sort of kick the tires and, and take a test drive. I think we've had to be more creative in, in showing kind of um, what's available through uh, digital means and, and really sort of sharing through, you know, test drive events that we're doing around the country with our marketing fleet and saying, here's the opportunity to drive the all new NX, uh, you know, come visit us at, you know, the Pebble Beach Concord uh, car show, or maybe at a, uh, an, an IMSA race where we, we compete uh, against other car brands, you know, things like that, where there's experiential elements that allow the consumer to really kind of get that because you can't necessarily do it all the time at a dealership. Uh, with that said, um, I think, it's, it's just become an even stronger connection with the consumer. The, the demand that we're seeing right now um, is just through the roof. I think if we didn't have the kind of production constraints, I mean, you'd be seeing a record number of cars sold here in the United States, certainly in the luxury segments. Um, but we don't have that capability right now in terms of capacity. Uh, we're going to definitely ease back into it. And in the meantime, I see no reason why we shouldn't advertise. You know, there's some brands that say, oh, you know, I don't have enough inventory, so I'm going to back off. Oh, well, let me I- just say the data supports that instinct. There's a lot of studies that show that people who back off from marketing pay for it later. So mm-hmm. that's right. I- so don't do so that. I mean, we're, not, we're not doing that. I, wanna, I think I, I want to get your thoughts right before we leave, because I'm really curious about this, how Lexus is targeting the younger buyers. And the reason I'm asking is this is perennial. This is a really big problem for cars, like not your father's Oldsmobile. And some of these cars that the boomers and the Gen X's bought are not as attractive to millennials and the younger consumer. So really keeping in touch with the younger consumer in this car market, which is a sexy purchase, is a tricky thing to do. What have you guys been doing to keep in touch with the younger buyers? Yeah, I, it's, it's an unprecedented time for us in that, you know, we've got a bunch of new products coming in the next few years, all new technologies that are seamless that really speak to this younger generation of luxury car buyers. You know, in five short years, Gen Y will be the largest consumer of luxury vehicles in the United States. Uh, what's important to them is very different than what's important to yeah. boomers. You know, having... Yeah. Full integration of this device, this yep. smartphone that I'm holding up uh, in front of me, is super, super important to them. So having a new technology like Lexus Interface, which we've just rolled out, it's a seamless touch and voice activated uh, system in our vehicles is more mm. important to these buyers than ever before. Mm. So we're trying to bring that to life in, in our brand campaign. So we just uh, launched a campaign in September. It's called Emotional Sparks. If you haven't seen it, I can send you the link. But this is a departure from what Lexus has typically done. You know, we worked with um, a, a series of young uh, music writers, producers, mm. uh, choreographers, uh, and, a, and, a, and believe it or not, a Argentinian freestyle rapper named Echo to come up with a, a beautiful song that is the foundational underpinning for a campaign, which speak to some of these really cool innovations in our vehicle mm-hmm. and show how these artists take inspiration from ah. their situation in their environment and, and our technology in our vehicles. 
to kind of yes. tell the story of the brand that's never been told before yep. in this way. And Emotional Sparks is exactly that. And I would love to share it with you if you haven't seen it. But uh, I think this is kind of the way forward for us in, in really building a credible relationship uh, with a, a number of consumers that perhaps may not have considered us in the past. Yeah, well, that's pretty interesting. Well, that, you know, we're really out of time, but I'd love to have more time to talk about this young consumer because that's a very interesting kind of sell now. But Vinay, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can our listeners go to keep up with what Lexus is doing? And where can they see that new commercial? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We have a YouTube channel. It's yep. the Lexus channel on YouTube. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at, at Lexus. Uh, same thing with Facebook. Um, and we'd love to uh, continue this dialogue. So thank you for the opportunity. Excellent. Thank you very much. That's all we have time for today. A big thanks to Professor Americus Reed for being my co-host. Love to thank our audio engineer, Dion Simpkins and Chris Tooks and our producer, Dana Cash. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. We replay our show several times throughout the week. And you can follow us on Twitter at SXM Marketing and follow Business Radio at SXM Business for information about all our programming. Thank you for listening. Till then, this has been Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn here with America's Read, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.